The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we are again welcoming back our favorite animal communicator, Joan Renquette. And we are tackling a big topic today, that of the loss of our beloved pets and animals. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Joan. As I mentioned, she's an animal communicator, but some people would say a pet psychic. She is the author of Communication with All Life, Revelations of an Animal Communicator, and her newest book, Energy Healing for Animals, Techniques to Enhance the Health, Longevity, and Happiness of the Animals We Love, has just been released. She's also the founder of Communication with All Life University. Through private sessions, workshops, teleseminars, and speaking events, Joan facilitates a deepening of the human-animal connection. She has worked with thousands of individual pet owners, dog, cat, and horse trainers, barn managers, and vets. She troubleshoots medical issues, helps stimulate healing in conjunction with conventional treatment, and helps clients to deepen their ability to care for and understand their animals. She is successful at finding lost dogs and cats and often helps clients whose pets are aging and dying. Most notably, she teaches animal communication. Welcome, Joan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to um, have a chance to talk with you today, and as I prepared my show and I would tell people, oh, you know, Joan's going to be back on the show, and they would say, oh, and I would say, oh, and we're going to be talking about grief and loss, and they would say, oh, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a challenging topic for many people. It's a very challenging topic, and, and it's, um, you know, I don't have to tell you, being a therapist, um, it's... There's no handbook for it, so um, it gets even weirder when it's your animal because uh, not everybody understands the depth of the relationship and that the animal is really a family member also for most mm-hmm. people. And so often people hear, oh, when are you going to get over that? It's just a dog. I know. And that's so painful p- for people because certainly you wouldn't say that if someone lost a spouse or another family member. Right, but it's just your kid. Yeah, it's just a kid. Aren't you going to go get another one? Yeah. You know, it's, and and it, it's so hard for people to have to overcome that or face that day to day. And so I think it increases their sense of isolation and loneliness, which is the exact opposite of what we want when we're hurting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a big topic. It is. And what do you think is the 
is like the most important thing for people to remember when they're anticipating this loss or going through it? Well, um, you know, it's interesting because, as you know, I lost my beloved horse in December. And the truth of the matter is, here in my household, <clears throat> we're in a kind of, um, we've been in a state of kind of wind down. I've got a dog who's 14, and, you know, a lot of her activity has been diminished, and, um, a lot of she's been an amazing teacher for how to graciously walk through the various stages of of having to let go of things. But my eye was on her, so. Mm. Oh. Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. <clears throat> Obviously, this is a big topic because my throat is seizing up. Hmm. Right. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, so, you know. Um, it's so it, I think it's twofold. I have the one that I'm watching, and then I think then there's times when you get surprised. So right. um, I think with the one that you're watching, I, I find that um, um, being really present with her and uh, making sure that the others also have their their activities and that not every single thing is about her mm-hmm. because. Look what happened. I mean, I had my eye on her, and the horse crossed. Um, right. So um, you just don't know. Um, exactly. You don't know. And but, one of the things that I would say for people is that they need to be patient with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And enjoy the little things, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, I, I, I hear people so sad because their dog isn't running across the field, but the dog walked down the dirt road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's noticing the little things and finding the joy and celebration in in the fact that, um, my God, we're still here. Exactly, exactly. Because I, I know my my last dog that I lost, uh, she got sick suddenly. And she was a senior. I didn't know exactly how old she was, but it was a sudden loss. And, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't ready for that. I don't know if you're ever ready. When you're watching them, you kind of are, are indeed watching, and you think, oh, this, oh, that. Now, yeah. you know, but still, I think that I had to relearn being patient with myself through the grief process because it is a process. Yeah, and and so, how do you think we we memorialize best our uh, companions when they pass? Well, and I think that's a really great topic um, because I think, um, uh, for one thing, I think if you write, if you like to write, you know, maybe writing out uh, their story and kind of uh, walking through all their quirks and mm. you know for me it's like the little things it's it wasn't I mean I I love to ride Raleigh my horse but I also loved um, you know just late at night every night going down and saying goodnight to the horses and he often would do something like just put his nostril up against my ear or something so to me it's like writing down those little things and almost anchoring them that even though um, the um, physical being isn't here, 
having that really sweet memory is stays forever. But you know, the, we get one of the things that as we get further away from the event or the loss, you know, we think, "Oh my God, I'm going to forget all these little things." So mm-hmm. that's why it's really important to. Um, it doesn't have to be a beautiful piece of writing. It can be just you know a list of the quirks. Um, right, right. You know, finding oh, all sorry. the pictures. Yes, pictures and and cards. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. I know I made an album when when one of my dogs, my Greta, passed. I made an album of all the cards that people sent. Because oh, nice. that helped me go through that. And, you know, you you mentioned um, um, uh, that, you know, we're afraid that we'll forget. Yeah. Um, well, I had I had a reaction when Sophie passed, and I wasn't afraid that I'd forget. I... In the, in the midst of grief, and I know this now in retrospect, I know this was the grief talking, but it, it was um, challenging in the moment that I thought when she got to the Rainbow Bridge because I rescued her as a senior, I thought, oh, she'll forget me. I wasn't her only owner, so if you won't remember me. And oh. I, I know that doesn't sound rational now, but it sure felt like it then. And... And um, when I reached out to other animal lovers, they were able to reassure me. And people sent me the most beautiful poetry that someone had written about um, what happens when an animal crosses, when they were rescued, and especially senior rescues. So I found great comfort in that. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um and uh, I, I think some of the other things that are are really important is, you know, having a circle of friends that also is a big, um, that they're all big animal lovers. I mean, I know um, I find, you know, it took me a couple months to move some stuff around in the barn and, um, you know, going through Raleigh stuff, like like you said, being patient with yourself because... There's no hurry. I, I don't have mm-hmm. to donate all this stuff to a horse rescue this minute. But, you know, I, I gave myself enough time that it wasn't the most giant, tearful thing. It was actually pretty fun to remember bits and pieces of mm-hmm. our life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also if you have somebody who can uh, do that with you, that's yeah. also a, a, a wonderful thing. Somebody who understands that grief and that loss, and they can sort of sort through in the same way that you would with a human. Yeah. I remember my sister died when I was um, <clears throat> 22, 21. Tw- I was tw- no, I was 24. She was 21. And um, it took, uh, I stayed, I'd moved, I was living in New York City when she was sick, and came back for the toward the end and um, uh, you know helped with everything for the last six months of her life and then I went to um, and I stayed in the Seattle area before I moved to LA and uh, you know I, I remember the day that my mom finally tackled her clothes closet and we just we boxed everything up really well and then you know we held it together and then we donated it to a place where um, when women get out of prison, uh, mm-hmm. they help them. 
and they were beautiful clothes. And so my mom, you know, said these these were my daughters, and the woman said, "Oh, how beautiful!" And then we just lost it, you know. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a normal part of the process too, to allow yeah. yourself to feel. Yeah. You know that you are going to cry, you are going to be upset, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a sense of, of like what people should expect? Like, I know, like certainly in in my work with people, I'd say there is no time limit. You know, it takes what it takes, and as you move through it, it's like grief is in charge. We're not in charge. Yeah. You know, I have something. So I teach a class every year on on death and dying, and I'm about to do a. Um, little virtual retreat on, uh, on the subject uh, called Death and the Art of Crossing Over. And it is, um, I-, I love to talk about taking three days to just really move through it and <clears throat> be with it. And mm-hmm. I had a, last night, I have a program for animal communicators, and last night in the, one of the classes, uh, one of the gals told me that she had done the three days of grief um, because of um, she had lost a husband and a horse and a dog, all within oh, a relatively boy. short period of time. And yeah, um, so the husband was was expected, but not expected. You know, mm-hmm. how do you ever expect it? But um, right. she said so when she had done the death and dying class. Um, she went and did the three days of grieving with her new dog, which is a really great mm. thing to do with a rescue dog because obviously they didn't come to you because life was so easy breezy. Right, right. And usually a lot of these dogs that you go and get that seem really quiet, they're uh-huh. just grieving, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Two months later, you've got this different dog. But anyway. Exactly. Well, maybe we can, maybe that's, I can ask you to hold that thought. And yeah. we're going to take a, a, a short break. And we're going to go to the break with a little bit of Louis Armstrong Talk to the Animals. And we'll be right back with my guest, Joan Rankett. We could talk to the animals. Just imagine it chatting to a chimpin. Chimpanzee Imagine Talking to a tiger Chatting to a cheetah What a neat Achievement It would be It's your world Motivate Change Succeed VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? 
Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching Program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with animal communicator Joan Ranquette, and she's helping us understand how to deal with loss and grief. And one of the things that um, you were just mentioning before the break, Joan, I think is so important for all of us to understand, and that is the grief with a rescue dog. Yes. You know, the the actual grief with the animal. I mean, we, we focus on our own grief so much of the time, but that's, I think, a really critical issue that, that I think many of us are starting to, to try and be more sensitive to. Right. When we, when we pick up that dog, well, I will, I will finish that little story. So this gal yes. that's in my program, she um, had heard me talking about the three days of grief, of taking three days to really just move, you know, be with it. She, um, she grieved with her brand new dog, who had um, had been, um, I want to say, in a puppy mill and had lost her puppies. I mean, the whole the whole thing. So they spent three days, and some of it was really fun, and some of it was really intense. But she noticed, you know, being an animal communicator, she noticed that there was one day she was grieving one thing, and the next that day her dog was grieving, you know, the human that she lost, and then the next mm-hmm. day her dog was grieving the puppies that she lost and mm. it was really powerful for her so powerful that uh today is actually the anniversary of her horse's loss and of the loss of her horse i think three years ago and she went ahead and took another three days to gear up for today because today is almost mm. the first time you know how you have for me like my sister's been dead this year will be 30 years and it's like mm. sometimes it was a five-year mark and then the mm-hmm. I don't know, it was like the 28-year mark. I was like, oh, my God, she would have been 50 this year, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, the, the, mm-hmm. so different things hit you. And she knew that this, uh, that today was going to be harder than most and mo- than the last few losses. And so she really allowed herself the three days of grief and um, said it was very powerful. And so I think it's a really profound thing to do with a new dog because... Um, 
we don't know their history. Mm-hmm. We don't know, um, you know, we, I often hear, we were talking about this on the break, I often hear people say, oh, but look at what they have now. Why are mm-hmm. they so sad? And mm-hmm. it isn't human luxury and, you know, more time at the dog park and, uh, you know, fluffy beds that is what they feel they've lost. It's that mm-hmm. connection with another. It could be other dogs, could be a cat, could be a, um, could be their human losses. But there is loss, right? For for them, even when they're walking into a brand new, amazing home. Mm-hmm. There, ha- by virtue of how they come to us, there has to be loss. And uh-huh. I, I know when I uh, rescued little Rosie, at her foster mom dropped her off with me. And little Rosie cried. She yeah. just cried when when her mama left. And, of course, that made me feel sad, of course. But yeah. I knew that that was okay, that, that if that's how she felt, she would process that, and then she would attach to me, and, and that would be okay. But she had had, you know, she was only maybe six months old when I got her, but I don't know how many homes she'd had. Yeah, so, we... I have, um, the, Isabella is my middle dog, my middle dog, um, and I got her eight years ago, eight and a half years ago, and she was so bereft that she was, uh, inconsolable. I mean, there was, she was actually terrified of everybody and was pretty much a feral dog, and I said I would foster her, and the next thing you know, I'm adopting her within four hours, and, um... (laughs) Four hours. That's a quick foster failure. (laughs) Yeah, it was really quick. I I think. It might have been two hours, but anyway, um... Uh, Olivia, my oldest dog, the 14-year-old, she and I had just, um, lost the cat. We had moved. We'd had a divorce. I got divorced. Um, she lost her dad. Um... And uh, lost stepkids and a home. And so we moved up to Seattle because my father was sick. And it was um, interesting because here I here was Olivia, completely, you know, lost lost a lot, just like I had. Mm-hmm. And we were very sad. And mm-hmm. here comes Isabella, the saddest dog I've ever met. And so that's where I started the three days of grief. I just it was I think it was a Thursday that Isabella was uh, left with me, and I I just canceled everything, and we just sat around, and we didn't even really cry that much because the next thing you know we were on to something else. But it's when you give yourself that time mm-hmm. and are just sit in it that right. um, you you really find some gold in there. You know who right. you are, how strong you are. How um, how the depth of your heart, the whole thing. Yeah, I think what you just said about the depth of your heart is so important too, because you know I, I hear oftentimes people say, "Well, I'm not getting another dog. I can't go through it again. It's too painful. It's too much." And yes, it is painful, but I think you know with each love that comes into your life whether it's you know animal or human each love that comes into your life if you're willing your heart expands yeah and i and it's not like um uh there aren't enough things already in your life that have caused you grief that you've made it through i mean it's sort of like an escalator right life is going to keep going anyway and right 
you might as well um, uh, take in more love, right? Like, why not? Right, You're right. Be exactly. Moving through this life anyway. And and that's almost one thing I think we can guarantee. There aren't many guarantees, but we know that our animals will love us. You know, they will love us. Yeah. Unconditionally. I mean, the humans come and go, maybe, or, you yeah. know, whatever humans do. But that that available heart space is so easily occupied by our, our beloved animals. Yes. So do you think animals universally grieve when they oh, experience yeah. a loss? Yeah. I mean, you know, and everybody's really different. It, it was interesting because... On my advanced animal communication call last night, um, one of, that's why loss was such a big topic. Um, the, um, the gal whose animal we were talking to had lost the other dog in the household recently. So we were, uh, I always set up things that are like what you would do with a client. And that's a very mm-hmm. typical client call for me as an animal communicator is, you know, so-and-so has died, and I want to check in with the other dog. So, you know, it was um, really interesting to see how, how they grieve. Often, um, like this dog, for example, is there was a certain relief that the other dog wasn't in pain anymore. There was a certain... Um, um, he just, I think somebody said he had a stiff upper lip. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that's going to be like, hey, the party's over here. I don't know if you mm-hmm. can hear it, but we got to go. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. He, he's, um, whereas other dogs might be more thoughtful and more, not, not that he's not thoughtful. He's just very present with the day. And, uh, you know, so it might look to the average person that that's not grief, but I think grief is really different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, animals in the wild, they have to survive. You know, there's right. a certain point where all the elephants are mourning over the dead baby, but then, you know, they also have to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed when when my second, no, when my first dachshund passed away, I also had another dog at that time, and I expected to see more outwardly a more outward signs of grief in her because she'd never really been alone. Um, but she seemed more matter-of-fact about it. Um, I took her with me when when um, the first dog had to go. I, I took uh, the second dog with me. And when we came home, it was more like she seized the place that the other dog had as that other dog was Alpha. And she she wanted to be only dog. Yeah, that's and, pretty, I see that a lot. Uh, yeah, it was interesting to watch. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, n- not that she was glad that the other one was gone necessarily, no. but, but it's like, oh, I get this spot now. The spot is vacant, and I'm taking it. Well, and here's the thing. I, I, I think about this all the time. It's, th- first of all, Everybody knows who they are. They're defined by, you know, their pack, their herd, their, you know, so that dog knew who, was it he or she? Uh, She. Who she was based on, you know, where she was in the pack with the other dog. And so, you know, their dogs especially are very opportunistic, right? That's how they ended up Uh in the cave. Um, So 
you know, they are opportunistic, but also they're survivors. And mm-hmm. the, the one thing that they do that's really different than us is no matter what, they're in motion. And so their emotions are um, very different than ours. So mm-hmm. um, while they can grieve, they're also moving through it. And I use this example with a duck. It, let's say a duck is in the pond and it sees a fox and it feels fear and for a moment it seizes. So it goes into the, you know, fight, flight, or fright. Mm-hmm. It seizes for a moment and then it pulls its wings out and it flies off. And through that period of time, the uh, adrenaline and the fear subsides and it lands somewhere else and it's a brand new day, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have an ability through motion to release a lot of their emotions. And uh-huh. that's not something yeah. we do. That's that's a beautiful concept. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that if we can when we get back from our next break. And uh, once again, we're going to hear a little bit of Talk to the Animals and be, we'll be back with someone who can show us how to do that. Be right back. Just imagine it Chatting to a chimpin Chimpanzee Imagine Talking to a tiger Chatting to a cheetah What a neat achievement It would be Friend us on Facebook To keep up with what's empowering the world Voice America Empowerment Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day. Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking today with animal communicator Joan Rankat. And, and Joan, I wanted to follow up on what you just mentioned right before the break, and that is the, the idea of managing that emotion through motion. Yeah, I always say that, you know, animals, when they get um, a massage, you're bringing up, it's a physical treatment, but it's also a mental and emotional treatment for them. And then they get up and they shake it off and they go and they, you know, it wears dinner, the whole thing. You know, they don't sit and wallow in the emotion of the injury or what have you. Whereas when we go get, an emo- when we go get a massage, um, often we're told to rest and take a bath and don't do anything too much. And it's like, I mean, I think it's great because I like to relax and spa like the rest of them. But um, I think it's interesting that that's what we do and we often stay in that emotion so with animals you know like I have uh, we are all very sad and we display it very differently about Raleigh's loss like I have one horse who continues to go over and smell his blanket what was left um, I've left one of his blankets out so it still smells like him so every time I put her in the cross ties to put a saddle on her she has to go and smell it like that's that's how I know She's still really sad, mm-hmm. and she always has a look of concern in her eye. Um, like, she doesn't want to forget him either. But, um, uh, and she's someone that needs more safety, so she's looking to him almost like, where's our herd leader? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she goes about her day. I mean, if there's food, then, my God, forget anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, they, they, their life is, um, not smaller than ours, but it is, um, they're, they, it's kind of one thing at a time. And so, you know, motion and another activity and something else coming up on their horizon is really um, what keeps them going and is a natural filter for that emotion. Whereas, um, you know, we get afraid that we're going to hit the abyss of grief mm-hmm. And so we brace against it, and then suddenly it overtakes us. Whereas mm-hmm. if it were kind of like that escalator, as I was saying, it's like, okay, I'm on this thing, and it's moving without me. This grief, like you say, this mm-hmm. grief has a, um, um, has a life of its own. It's, it's in charge. And, and when we surrender to that, it's, it's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's really okay, and it's, it can be kind of beautiful. It can right. be kind of, it is beautiful, and, um, and a natural part of life. And so to have, um, so they're on that escalator already with it. They aren't bracing against grief. They aren't saying, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't want that. They're like, okay, I want to smell that blanket because I still really miss him, and this is my way of touching in on that feeling, and now I'm going to go outside and graze. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it, it's interesting because uh, as we were saying, you know, during the break sometimes humans just do the opposite. They'll yeah. just lie in their bed and and one of the things that I think that is really good about having multiple animals in a household is that when you have to deal with loss of one, you still have to get up and feed all the others and walk all the others. And I think that is healing in and of itself because oftentimes we wouldn't do it for ourselves. 
You yeah. know, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, maybe I feel miserable because of my loss, so I'm not getting out of bed. But if there's a hungry mouth that needs its breakfast, you'll get out of bed. Yeah. It was, the last thing I wanted to do the next day was go down to the barn because I had a dead horse in my yard, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> waiting for somebody to come get it. And But I had two other horses down there. Right. And they need you. They need me just as much as that horse needed me the night before. Right, right, right. So what are some great ways to, to I guess, to take that one step further and honor the deceased pet, but to keep the rest of the household going and even buoyant, if possible? Well, that's a great thing. I, I a great topic, and I talk a lot about this, um, I, you know, after losing the cat um, nine years ago, or eight, yeah, eight and a half years ago, I swore I would never have one of anything ever again because mm-hmm. because I didn't want to, um, you know, go through that no cat world. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I have a million of everything. But um, <laughs> I want to um, I want to say that keeping routines is is important. So, you know, we have a little routine of. I go down and I feed the horses, and then I take the dogs to the end of the driveway, which is a quarter mile, come back, meditate, work out, and then I might take the two more mobile dogs on a big hike. But um, <clears throat> those sorts of things, like as hard as it was to be around that stall or when the horse was still in the yard, um, we, like you said, we have to. We, we don't mm-hmm. really have a choice about it. These other animals need that care. And so, you know, it goes back to really uh, being present and slowing everything down and taking in the joy of what, um, what, is, what is around you, you know? Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. Is, what is your dog smelling right now? What is your dog barking at right now? What is your um, cat playing with in the corner? What is, what is still making them happy and really... Mm-hmm. Honing in on that, when my dogs will start barking, often I'll come over and look out the window as if I'm a dog with them, and they'll stop barking because they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> but it's like those little moments with, with the ones that are here where you find the joy in the little mm-hmm. things is, um, is really, I think, the key to keeping it buoyant. And, and you know, for... For people who have had only one pet and that pet, pet crosses, do you have any particular advice for them when they start thinking about, well, when should I get another dog? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, the old theory was, um, oh, don't do anything right away because you need the time to grieve and you want to honor that other dog and you don't want to replace it. Um, and... I think that um, <clears throat> while that's true, sometimes, I, I mean, I can assure you that if I happen to get another horse right now, that horse is not replacing Raleigh in any way, right. shape, or form. <clears throat> right. That's so, not possible. Yeah. <clears throat> so people are pretty clear about what um, what they're doing with that, how they, you know, then... 
and not having the same expectations about the new animal, um, mm-hmm. then then that's uh, then it, there's no time limit on that. I know for me, it actually took me two years to get another cat mm-hmm. because that's how big that cat personality was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I also had you know a lot going on, and I I just. It just couldn't enter my consciousness until the moment that it did. And then when it did, it was like, oh, and then I accidentally got a pregnant cat. But <laughs> um, You know, it, I think it, it does vary, of course, for everyone. And, and I know when I lost my very first dog, it took me over a year to get um, another dog, which happened to be my first dachshund. Um, but... Each time I have lost a, a pet subsequently, the time gets shorter between yeah. new new animals and and I think I I'm more familiar with that I'm not replacing the other dog. Yeah. And I'm more familiar with the process and also now I rescue. So there's a different sort of thing that with at least for me with rescuing and that is that I think they'll come to me. Yeah. You know, and when it's when it's right they'll come to me, which is a, a little bit different process. You know, I want to talk about something real quick also that is a, ends up being a grief. This is an interesting thing. The other day I did a phone session um where I, this woman told me she's really not connected with this horse. And uh and she doesn't know what to do and she said in the call I've known her other horse. She's like I recently retired so-and-so. I changed their names in my newsletter, was the mm-hmm. subject of my newsletter. And um, I thought, uh, so the first thing I did was I asked her, I said, um, have you given yourself enough time to grieve the loss? Because the, this newer horse was telling me that he was never going to measure up. Mm. And um, I said, when you retired your horse from the show ring, did you give yourself enough time to grieve? And she burst into tears, and then she was so surprised at how emotional that was. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, that was a huge partnership. I mean, often I said, that horse probably knows you better than your husband. And, mm-hmm. you know, that got her laughing. But it's, um, it's, you know, we forget even, like, people that show, or even if you don't show but you do a certain activity, and that dog or cat or horse isn't doing that activity anymore and you're starting anew with another horse or dog or cat um, in that activity and or show, or even, you know, like, um, what are they, Um, animals that are assistance dogs. Mm -hmm. Therapy dogs. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. Like, when you start with a new one, you may be holding on to certain expectations from um, the last animal. So... It's it's interesting that people forget that's another place where there would be mm-hmm. kind of untapped grief, so to speak, that right. would be um, informing how you are with your new animal. Right, and and it's just you know it's it's a complicated process, but you know it's that thing about staying true to your heart and being open to that. Yeah, and. Um, we uh, we need to take another short break here, and we'll be right back with my guest, Joan Rankin. Be right back. Talk to the animals. Just imagine it. Chatting. 
to a chimpin chimpanzee Imagine talking to a tiger Chatting to a cheetah What a neat achievement it would be Live up to your fullest potential This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching Program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are visiting today with one of my favorite guests, Joan Rancat, animal communicator. And um, I want to make sure everyone knows, Joan, how to reach you and how to find your books and what programs you have available. So can you bring us up to date on that? Sure. I have um, well, my first book, Communication with All Life, Revelations of an Animal Communicator, um, is uh, published by Hay House, is... Um, you can go to Hay House or you can go to Amazon.com, and it's in some bookstores. And then Energy Healing for Animals is uh, my newest book, and it was published by Sounds True. So you can go to Sounds True or go to um, Amazon. And then, of course, I have uh, a big website, which is www.joanranquet.com. And I have um, an upcoming virtual retreat on the 20th and 21st, if that's the Saturday and Sunday, um, called um, Death and the Art of Crossing Over. So we'll go into depth of each of these subjects that we've been talking about um, in this show. So that was pretty lucky that 
the timing yeah. on this. Uh, that was so interesting to me because I didn't know you were doing that workshop yeah. until after I was already planning the show and we had set this date. So I, it just came to me there's so many instances of, of people struggling with loss of their uh, pets recently. And it came to me and then I thought, oh, this must be meant to be in, in terms of where our, our thoughts are going and uh, yeah. where our conversation can, can go to help people. Yeah, and as it, you know, I have a weekend. I teach that uh, live in the fall, and um, I just thought for the people that can't fly to me, it's, it's going to be a great week, you know, a great virtual weekend. And then I also have um, home study courses and digital classes and all sorts of stuff, so lots of big... Uh, and, a, and a giant program for people that want to be an animal communicator or an energy healer or maybe your soul is sending you that direction even if it's not um, going to be your occupation. So, mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, I would really encourage at, at the very least if you're interested at all in deepening your communication with your animal to start with Joan's first book, Communication with All Life. I mean, that's such a great starting point. Thank and you. You know, I, I know I've learned a lot, and, you know, I, I was an experienced dog owner, certainly, before we even met, but there's there's a deepening and a richness of communication that seems to become available as you open yourself up to learning what Joan has to offer, and, and I think that's just really valuable for those of us who are, like my license plate frame says, crazy dog people. <laughs> So, so I would really encourage people to to take that next step and begin to find out more about how to get closer to your animal. Well, and thank you for the plug. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's it's really cool. Um, and and as we were talking during the break, I, I mentioned that I um, think I got my first direct message from Rosie and people who may have listened to our last show heard me learning more about how I was blocking some of Rosie's learning and and trying to get out of the way of that but also um, you know that issue of pets at crossing over and I, I don't know if I ever talked to you about I have what I call Sophie's sand signs I, I don't know if I'd ever mention that but after Sophie passed away, which is she's was my third dachshund who passed away suddenly, and she was, you know, really a special girl, a little great little girl, and she's the one that I was worried. Oh my goodness, she's going to forget me. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one day, and this was in winter. This was like February, at almost at dusk. I was walking with a friend on the beach, and there was no one around. You know, it wasn't. A bright sunny day with lots of people and I was sort of struggling with the whole issue of Sophie passing and, and for those of you who don't know I wrote a, a cookbook doggy cookbook Sophie Scrumptious Treats and I was trying to figure out what to do with all that and <clears throat> I was walking along and I looked down and somebody had written Sophie oh. in the sand and and encircled it with a heart and I was just like stunned because there was no one around. And like I said, 
you know, the beach, it was winter. Nobody goes there in the winter. It wasn't a very populated area anyway. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's my sign from Sophie. And there were several after that, you know, of different kinds of things. And I thought that was her way of letting me know I'm still here, Mommy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you hear about people who have experiences like that? Yeah, I remember uh, one of the first days after, or about a week after Raleigh passed, I, um, my horse, I was down in the barn doing chores, and, you know, so sad. I was really crying. And um, I came around the corner, and I looked down, and there was a heart-shaped rock. Oh, yeah. You know, so things like that, I, you know, or I've heard of people finding... I mean, yours is big, so, you know, mm-hmm. with the heart <laughs> it. Like I know, it's, uh, you know, I took a picture of it, so I, I look at it from time to time. Yeah, I have the rock on my shelf, because yeah. I, I want to remember forever. But, um, yeah, I think those sorts of signs, again, when you're memorializing your animal, whether it's through, um, like you said, you kept all the cards, or, um, you know, I've, been writing out the quirks and it's 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 almost like I'm not ready to finish that piece. I'll put it mm-hmm. on my blog eventually. But mm-hmm. I have gone through I mean I take photos every day, so mm-hmm. I've gone through years worth of photos, fifteen years worth of photos. I'm almost finished with that project. Um but you know, things like that are nice little keepsakes in the memorial of your animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as we wind down here, I think just the, you know, the idea of giving yourself the time in the three days and being patient with oneself and and focusing on, if you have other animals, focusing on that and, and let your heart be open is what it really involves. Let your heart be open because the, the, the tendency is to want to close it. Yeah. But no, let your heart be open. And um, I really have to thank you once again today, Joan, for sharing your wisdom and, and helping us deal with some of these really difficult subjects that sometimes are hard for people. You are welcome. It's, it's weirdly one of my favorite topics. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, some of us are, are more willing than others to go deep into some of these things. And I think that it's a great gift that, that people can can find for themselves so thank you once again and i thank everyone for listening and i hope you will all tune in next week when my guest will be janine farfard she is an international yoga teacher and energy healer and please also check out my facebook page facebook.com forward slash dr linda Sanicola. and i think we didn't mention but you have a communication with all life facebook page as well right joan I do. Yeah. I, yes. So, so is that what they page. would look Okay. Yeah. Join your page. Great. Um, and I leave you today with the words of Rumi. What you seek is seeking you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.